My name is Matthew Becker. As the owner of a fitness facility and an attorney, I have a lot of things that I need to get done in a day. I've spent the last few years developing strategies that allow me to constantly move forward while also living the best life that I can live. On this podcast, I share those strategies with you along with other thoughts and ideas that allow you to live your best life through the concept of the aggregation of marginal gains. This is like take number three to get started and Adam just started busting out laughing. I always wanted to, to I think we should just add in commercials into the, into like the middle of our, our podcast. If you'd then, like to sponsor, we have ones of listeners. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if we can say tens, can we? Sure we can. All right, we've I got think tens. We can say, yeah, I think we should say, we can't say like thousands yet, but um, I always want to be like, and we're back from our commercial break. Right. But we don't have commercials. Anyway, everybody, welcome back to the Stronger Revolution. I'm Matthew Becker here with Adam Cronbush. And we are back for another episode. Been on a little bit of a hiatus. I mean, we're still, we're actually toward the end, I'm going to say, of COVID 19. We're in the green phase here in Pennsylvania. Green phase. Things are looking green. Happy green phase, everybody. And I put some fertilizer in my lawn recently, so hopefully that gets green it's too. It's going to be green. That's right. I had green pants on earlier, but I took them off. <laughs> <laughs> but he is wearing shorts. <laughs> I was going to wait. Just let the <laughs> listeners assume that I'm sitting here uh, pantsless. Um, anyway, so we've had some difficulties getting together to do a recording, but uh, finally made time here on a beautiful Friday afternoon. First day of green phase. It is three o'clock and we're going to get through this. And then uh, we'll be good to go. All right. So we are on a string of topics right now um, that are primarily focusing on external influences and how those external influences can impact our lives, especially as we look toward the aggregation of marginal gains. So a couple episodes ago, we talked about things that we control and don't control. Um, So trying not to focus on those things that are exterior to us. Uh, last episode, we talked about our influences, circle of influence, the five people who influence us the most as those people and how we can adjust those people in our lives so that um, we can maximize our chance to increase every day through the aggregation of marginal gains. In this episode, we are going to talk about the assumptions that we make uh, about things that are external to us. Maybe even sometimes ourselves. But we are looking at assumptions that are not necessarily based in fact, that are done almost completely based on judgment of usually a surface image or a surface thought. Um, This episode is going to be more of like an awareness episode that we just kind of want to bring you to aware that, that you're most likely doing this and how often you do it. We've got a couple things at the end to kind of practically talk about how to. Um, realize that you're making these assumptions, but I don't know that Adam, maybe you have a different thought. There's nothing really like I can leave or we can leave that says like, 
use these five steps in order to stop making assumptions about other people. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that, that stuck with me is realizing how bad you are at it. Yeah. Will, you know, the, the more you correct yourself and, and recognize how bad you are at it will help you, hopefully, to minimize it. Yeah, exactly. Related to the aggregation of marginal gains, um, we often make assumptions about ourselves, maybe various situations in which we're placed in, and others um, that can really sort of hold us back. That's kind of going to be the the theme of the episode. There are lots of different kinds of assumptions that we can make, but these are going to be assumptions that will often hold us back. And by realizing that we're making those assumptions and stopping ourselves from making those assumptions, it's going to allow us to continue to progress forward. Yeah, so the, when I was reading through these notes, it sounded like assumptions that lead to excuses. Is that kind of... Yeah. That's what we're focusing in on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a really common way to, to think about this would be um, the assumption that somebody else is so much more successful than you are, maybe because they got lucky, mm-hmm. right? So you, you're like, oh man, they had it so easy in life. If I just had it that easy in life, I would be that successful too. You have no idea what that person has gone through. Um, Perhaps they just make themselves off to be that, that they got that level of success that easily. The example I thought of is uh, Matt has consistently been stronger than me in most things. Um, And so, you know, you could make the assumption, well, he's just got good genetics because he's, what, you're like 48, 49 now. Yeah, I'm pushing 50. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, at that age, still being able to do this kind of stuff, when in reality, he's working a lot harder than I am. Um, and so it would be you know, an excuse that I could make for myself to say, well, I'll just never get to that level because he, uh, he's just got good genes. And uh, you know, it's, it's not the choices he's making or the work ethic he puts in. It's, it's things outside of his control. Therefore, I can use an excuse. Yeah, sure. I started to become aware of this. Ooh, how many years have I been practicing law? Probably seven or eight years ago. Um, it was early in my law practice. I think I've talked about this story once before on the podcast, but um, <clears throat> when I first started practicing law, I would look to um, other attorneys and make the assumption that because they were in court, because they had clients, because they could talk a big game, that they were automatically, quote unquote, successful in the sense that they have this booming legal practice and they're making tons of money and they've got all the clients that they need, including overflow. And like, I would just get myself down about like, God, why can't I have that many clients? Why can't I be in court that often, even though, um, you know, I, I, I try really hard and work really hard to get them. And I was finally sitting down with a, an attorney who, who has been a mentor over the years. And I was talking about this one individual who I had this sort of, uh, what, elevated opinion of, or I'm trying to think what I'm, uh, the word I'm looking for, but um, she finally sort of like cut me off and looked at me and said like, why do you assume that he is so successful? And why do you assume that he is just such a good attorney? And I said, well, because I see him in court all the time and he always seems to have tons of clients and I'll see him like bouncing from one courtroom to another courtroom, meaning he's got two different clients. So I assume he's just that busy. Mm. And she said, you're wrong. Uh, He struggles just as much as everybody else does. He doesn't make nearly as much money as you think he does every year. And you just happen to be seeing him 
on that particular day when court is really busy, you're not seeing him the whole rest of the week when he's probably sitting in his office, either scrounging around for clients or doing absolutely nothing. Um, and for me, that was a very big eye-opening experience. And that's kind of the eye-opening experience I want you guys to have from this episode. Because that was really big for me not to make those assumptions anymore. Hmm. And what, so what do you think those, those assumptions that you made about him, how did that form the way you thought about your own law practice at the time? Well, I, it helped me realize that... Before you realized it was the assumptions you were making. Wait. What were the negative impacts of the assumptions? Oh, okay. So before she brought me to the light, um, it would primarily impact my mood and my motivation a lot uh, because back then I was far more focused on money and I would constantly think like, oh, is there something else that I can do? Uh, should I be doing this or that? Am I really that good of an attorney? How can I make more money? Why aren't I making more money? And instead of focusing on things that I could be doing to be better, I was focusing on a lot of these things that end up being non-control or uncontrollable or not the things I can't control. Um, and that would really, it would destroy my mood. It would cause me undue stress. It would take away my focus. Um, it would be more like, why am I working this hard when I'm not clearly as successful as blank and he doesn't appear to work half as hard as I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. So, um, one of the ways we can start to bring awareness to this is how many times have you said or heard somebody else say something like, I wish I was so-and-so, that person seems to have it so easy. Hmm. Um, or, wow, I can't believe that person is so successful. I wish I could do what they do. I could never do what that person does. You know, that's kind of an assumption on a completely different level, which I have another example for. Um, or, boy, I would be rich, that rich too, if I had it that easy. Mm -hmm. At the end, at the beginning of this whole COVID situation, my business coach was looking at one of the other prominent CrossFit gym owners in the world and would say things to me like, well, he has like multiple companies going on. So, of course, he can shut his gym down and not worry about it because that's just one source of income to him. And because I've now seen the light, I just wanted to respond. And I don't like to be argumentative, but I wanted to respond with, how do you know that like this isn't a primary source of income for him? And just because he owns three other companies or has a hand in it doesn't mean those are financially supporting him. Mm -hmm. um, so we really need, again, like, Think about these things that you say to yourself that are obviously assumptions about somebody else that aren't based in fact at all. Hmm. Yeah. I think before we got on here, you said, Adam, you had examples from students. Yeah, these were um, maybe not assumptions that led to me making excuses, but they did form how I teach. Um, you know, I teach at a pretty well-to-do school overall. Uh, we... I think we do represent a good cross-section of the, the Pittsburgh region in terms of, um, you know, ethnicity, economically. Um, but for the most part, you know, you're seeing kids pull up in BMWs and Porsches. And uh, as a teacher, you're just kind of like, well, that's kind of weird. 
Yeah. Uh, I would never give my teenager anything like that, even if I had the money to do so. Um, so you, 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 there's this perception that a lot of the students have pretty cushy lives. Um, but I, I had an opportunity to have a really good, deep conversation with about five students. Um, and each one, it just kind of blew my mind, had, you know, life-shattering things going on in their lives that you would never know standing in front of, you know, 25 of these kids in the classroom. Um, you know, the assumptions that I made, you know, coming in each day subconsciously were probably just like, they're living pretty easy lives. Of course, they're going to be able to do their math homework. Yeah. But like when you learn these things, you're like, wow, math is like 40th on the list in terms of importance of all the stuff you've got going on. Um, you know, so it's eye opening. It changes and shapes the way that you as a teacher approach uh, how you treat them and um, what you expect from them, how you can be a listening ear. Um, but just knowing, you know, that there's, there's stuff going on in everybody's lives. Uh, it was helpful. Yeah. It's a good realization to have. And I think sometimes when you start to really sit back and think about the assumptions you're making about others, what you might start to realize is you're holding yourself back as part of these assumptions. Mm-hmm. While we've been at home, my wife has really dived into, right? Not dove into. She has, di- well, you put the word has in there, it makes it hard. <sighs> Just say she dove in. She dove in? She dove into. Mm-hmm. Plants, like pretty hardcore. Oh, yeah. She's always really been into plants, but for some reason, maybe it's because I'm home and really seeing it this year, but um, it, it's like plants galore 24 7. And one of the things that she does is she follows this person on Instagram who's like the Instagram influencer for gardeners. And I keep trying to tell her like the thing that this person does on Instagram is not that cool, not that special. <laughs> like you could do it if you just wanted to take the time sure. to actually record yourself in all of these stories. For example, this person on Instagram will get like boxes of flowers in the mail. And so that day's stories are just her with a selfie camera talking about, oh, I got this box and what's in this box. And then I got this box. I'm going to cut it open on Instagram and I'm going to show you what's inside. I'm going to talk about how I'm going to plant it. And it's like, there's nothing super special about it. But then was she going to put them in dirt? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Well, no, it gets a little more specific <laughs> than that. Like, you know, what needs to be in shade and what needs to be in yeah, light. Acidity and, levels yeah, and all right. Okay. But my point is, like, I'll look at my wife and I'll say, why don't you do that? Like, you get plants almost every day in the mail. Mm-hmm. Just pull out your phone and start recording yourself opening up these plants. Like, become an influencer on Instagram. You're not doing anything else with the plants other than just planting them. And she'll say things to me like, well... No, it's not going to be worth it because I don't have 5,000 followers or I don't have 25,000 followers. There's the assumption, like nobody's going to watch my videos because I don't have 25,000 followers like this other person does. And what I have to do is point out to her that the other person didn't start Instagram with 25,000 followers Mm -hmm. either. She spent time building those followers up based on the content in which she was posting. and so. I would like you guys to look at your own life and think, what kind of assumptions am I making about other people's successes that are holding me back? Hmm. I thought you were going to go a different direction with that, which is, I think, what maybe many of us do with Instagram, where we would look at that gardening lady 
and say, look how successful she is with these plants. There's no way I could ever get to that level. When, of course, Instagram is always going to be filtered through because people are only posting successes. It's always like the best view of yourself is coming from, you know, your social media. Uh, No, many of us aren't putting out like the real life. uh, Like last night, Bruce screaming on the floor, uh, (laughs) back straight as a board, kicking his feet, inconsolable and turt until I said peanut butter. I don't know that that. That did it. That did it. I don't know why. That did it for me. That does it for me, too. I love peanut butter. I do. I'm glad that that works for him. Um, But, you know, I'm not posting that on Instagram. So, you know, people might think like, oh, gosh, they're great parents. I don't know who would think that. But, um, you know. I would because I wouldn't put up with it. So (laughs) the fact that you're putting up with it makes you a great parent. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. So I did have that written down. And then and this, again, is I'm repeating myself a little bit, but. Boy, anymore, I don't remember if I created the phrase or not, or the, the title of it called The Instagram Effect. Um, is that a real thing? Have you ever heard that? I, it, Besides well, me talking about it. When, when I read it in your notes, I instantly knew what you talked about, so I don't think, I don't think you made that up. Okay. I, I'm not going to take credit for it, but... Well, just be, yeah. That's a huge example of what it is that we're talking about in this episode, because how many times do you scroll through Instagram and assume... Oh, that person's happier than I am. Or, boy, I wish I could go on vacation like that person. They look so happy. Of course they do. That's the point of what Instagram is supposed to to be. Is Look at me on vacation. Look at me. I just won this big case. Or, look at me. I just deadlifted 400 pounds. Or, look at me in my brand new car. You don't get to see the mounds of debt that they just went into. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the interest rate they the, got. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No way your credit score is as good as ours. That's right. Don't make assumptions about their interest rate. Or the fact that in like two months, they're going to default on that loan and get it repossessed anyway. They're not right. putting that on Instagram. I just want to say I said ours because we've talked about our credit scores before. Yeah. Because that's the kind of friends we are. We are. We do know. I mean, just generally that each other have really good credit scores. Um, it's like six. I mean, not to brag. Wait, I don't think a six is a good one. Oh, never mind. I'm just <laughs> um, in business, this assumption is often referred to as telling somebody else's story. So um, if I'm running my gym, and an example that's really hot in the gym space right now is what are we going to do with our rates as we come out of COVID-19? And some gym consulting companies are saying, blow your rates way up. and Make it supply and demand, and, and, and if people want to come back, they're going to pay it, and you're going to cut your membership in half, but you'll support yourself because everybody's going to pay twice as much as they're paying now, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, one of my responses to that is, yeah, I don't think my membership's going to pay for that. And then the response back is, don't tell the story of your clients. Don't make the assumptions that they're not going to pay. And, I mean, that's just an example of it, but... It does go that way a lot in business is what kind of assumptions do I make about what my clients want without ever actually talking to them? Mm. How many times do you do that in marriage? Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not going to do that because my wife's not going to like it. The communication, right? Being able to talk about. Yeah, anyway, that's a side note. Um, <laughs> next episode. What marriage. assumptions do you make about your spouse? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, that's sort of how it, is, it ends up being related to business. So hopefully if you, you know, if you own your own business, don't make these assumptions about your clients. Do a little bit of research. Ask. 
talk mm-hmm. to other people, but don't allow the assumptions that you're making um, hold you back from trying to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. So how do we become aware that we are making these assumptions? I don't know. How? Oh, good question, Adam. <laughs> First, and this one's always such a vague one to say, but what do you, you look like you're going to say it. I don't, you don't know what it is. I'm just going to laugh because we made eye contact. Try to stick to the facts. Stick to the facts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And then we get to argue around like, well, what facts are the actual facts? Mm. Um, or how are those facts interpreted? But anyway, the best thing is try to stick to the facts. Um, let's look at another assumption that I got caught in recently is, you know what? I'm going to wait on this one. That's fine. Let's come back to it. I'll come back to that example. Yeah, stick to the facts. Um, Stick to the facts. Second. Number two. He's holding up a one. Oh, yeah. Number two. Take notes. Love that journaling. Take notes of the assumptions that you are making and how they actually play out. Mm. Um, I've mentioned this on a side note before about, like, when we are preparing to, like, do something. And we think that it's going to go a particular way. And then we allow that to be like, oh, I'm so not looking forward to doing X today. And then we get there and it's a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, those are assumptions that you're making that are impacting you positively or negatively right now. Right. You need to recognize those. So you're saying write down the ones that you're making about others. Anybody write down the assumptions that you're making. See how that plays out. Yeah. See if you're right or wrong. I'm so not looking forward to seeing so-and-so today because all they're going to do is complain. Hmm. Write that down. And then after you meet with that person, look at that note again and see if that assumption was true or false. It helps to bring awareness to the assumptions that you're making. Yeah, and I think, well, you know, I'm not quoting any specific research other than just saying I think research has shown that we humans often give ourselves way too much credit in terms of our memory uh, when we are very, very wrong all of the time and tend yeah. to forget that. Um, and then we tend to remember the times that we're right because it makes us feel good. Yeah. But, right. uh, you know, most of the time our assumptions are way off. They are usually very wrong. I think you brought up a really interesting point, Adam, with the assumption involving um, your school students and how easy they must have it in their lives because they drive around their BMWs and then you find out maybe their parents are going through a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. All sorts of hard stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. Sexual abuse. Dad's a drunk. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Third on this list of how do we start to realize that we are making these assumptions. Take notice of your own life. When somebody comes up to you and says, hey, Adam, how you doing today? Your immediate response is... Good, how are you? Exactly. Didn't even think about it. Now, I make the assumption that everything in his life is awesome and going well. It very well could be that he is fighting with his wife today and things aren't going really well. And he just really wants to stop recording this podcast so he can get home so that he can get (laughs) through his fight with his wife. (laughs) But he's putting on this face of everything is good and wonderful. How many times do you do that? How many times are things really not going well? And I'm not telling you to like all of a sudden unload all of your problems on the other person. Yeah, especially if it's a stranger. But be aware of how often you do that. And then be aware that somebody else might be doing that. You assume everything in their life is great. Mm -hmm. 
another common one, because again, this is very prevalent in like the legal profession. Somebody might come up to me and say, Hey Matt, how's it going? And I'm like, Oh man, super busy. Really? I'm not. <laughs> I just want them to assume that I am so that I look really good in front of their eyes. Um, but everybody says it that way. Hmm. Like, Oh, I'm just so busy. I instantly then assume that you're very successful, right? In the sense of like, you're busy, your works, uh, your business is booming, you're making lots of money, Hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Oh, social media stuff. Again, when you post things on social media, is it always good stuff? Probably. You know that when you post something on social media, it looks good, even though it may not be 100% accurate. So when other people post things that look really good on social media, ask yourself, why do you assume that their life is so much better than yours? Yeah. Or that they can afford that car, but you can't. Mm -hmm. Finally, looping back to last episode, talk to those who are in your circle of influence. Talk to those five people who you spend the most time with. Tell them about the ideas that you're having or your struggles, um, things like that, and be aware of what it is that you're saying to them, because this is going to bring two potential um, avenues of realization to you. One, just hearing yourself say something can now make it seem, it can bring awareness to you that you're making an assumption about something or someone. Or two, you get that third party perspective. So the example that I was talking about a couple of minutes ago, we are looking to reopen the gym at this time. And because of COVID-19, we have to cut the number of people who have access to the gym per hour and a half. I've been kind of freaking out about this, despite probably all of you who think I'm cool, calm, and collective. Assumption you're making, I think boom. cool, calm, and collected. Oh, darn it. Sorry. See? All right. Anyway, I've been really kind of thinking a lot about this or stressing a bit about it. And I talked to my wife about it and she instantly said, why do you assume that you're going to have this big problem to the point that you're trying to Mm. overcompensate for the potential that you're going to have this problem when you don't even know that you're going to have this problem? Mm. Assumptions create a lot of worry. Right there. Yep. So by bringing this up to somebody who is in my circle of influence, it brought awareness to me that I was making an assumption that was causing me a lot of work. Hmm. Or I could have been spending time on other productive things. Instead, I'm sitting there stressing over something that, one, I have no control over, two, is potentially going to happen in the future, and three, I have no idea that it's actually going to happen. Yeah, and it seems, uh, I don't know, fair advice to say, assume the best of people until they prove otherwise. So, you know, of your clients, of um, business partners, random strangers, assume the best. And then, you know, if the worst comes, then you can change your mind later. But that seems like a safer route to go in terms of you gaining marginally each day. Yeah. Yeah, why do we... Always assume the worst. Mm-hmm. We never really assume the best. Well, maybe we're just pessimists and other people do. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Making reference to those non-specific studies 
that, that you made reference to a few minutes I've got, ago. I've got him here in my notes somewhere. It's a doc, Dr. Clemscarton. Um, you know, I think the I think studies have shown that because we were built as survivalists, that we often focus on the negative as a defense mechanism than being able to focus on the positive. Mm. And maybe as a cathartic sense of making us feel better about ourselves. Yeah. I'm not as bad as that person. Well, you probably are. Do, yeah, you, you probably you are. You just thought that about them. Right. <laughs> You're making that assumption. A couple of other ways that we can reword this that might make it a little bit more aware that you're doing it. Uh, one, it might be called hero worship. Um, always looking up to somebody else, assuming that they are a particular way when in reality they are not. How dare you? I know. This is also a sign of ego that um, you, you instantly look at somebody else and you put them up on a pedestal and you think that they're better than you are. So you look up to them and then when you find out otherwise, you think they're not as good as you are because they're struggling and now that sort of destroys their image mm. to you. Mm. This was a problem I had in the past that I've gotten over again because somebody brought awareness of it to to me. Um, you look at other people again through the social media or you listen to them talk. I talk here on this podcast about making schedules and taking control of your life and you might assume that I have full control of my life and I have full control of my schedule and nothing gets in and nothing gets out. And I don't focus on anything outside of my control when that's not true. It's all a practice. And yeah, I go out to, to weddings with my wife. And despite the fact that my schedule says I'm going to bed between 930 and 10 o'clock, <laughs> there I am at the wedding, <laughs> tapping my toes, waiting to go home because I want to go to bed at 930 to 10 o'clock. And that is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Also. Uh, you might have heard this as never meet your heroes um, because you put your heroes up on pedestals and then you meet them and you realize they aren't the person who you think they are. Right. Or you know, they aren't the person that you assume. Yeah, so are. these are positive assumptions that we're making about them um, that often lead to us making excuses for ourselves. Hmm. I've definitely got one of those positive heroes. Yeah. Um, you want to get vulnerable and talk about oh, it? Oh, yeah, Destin Sandlin. Hillary, actually, for my birthday coming up soon, got me a present. <gasps> it of, is like, it's two days from now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He wrote um, He wrote a little, it's like a tiny little journal from his Smarter Every Day channel on YouTube, and he signed it and said, like, happy birthday, sent it to, to me. To you? To me. Oh. Yeah, so Hillary was able to get that for me. Yeah, he's awesome, at least in my eyes. Um I don't know that for a fact, but just from what I've seen, he seems like a, a really great husband, a great father. He's uh, kind of lives on a farm, but also is like a na former NASA engineer, super smart guy. Hmm. So he's just kind of everything that I want to be someday and strive toward. But uh, it would probably crush me if I learned, you know. If you, if you actually met him? I don't, well, I don't know. I've had two dreams of meeting him. So if you want to get... <laughs> I, want to get real I met him on an airplane. I forget what the other one was. And his um, and your dream was he as cool as Oh, you know it. You assume he is you know in real life. Yeah. Was he? He, he wasn't my dreams, so 
Yeah, what would you do if you met him? But, you know, I, I really only, I know him through, what, a YouTube channel and an Instagram page. So, yeah, I, I'm seeing uh, the product of, of hours of work uh, of, of him putting in. and um, But I like, to th- I like to think that he's pretty um, down to earth and, and real, but, you know. They, they had, there was a movie. Well, no, I don't think it was actually on this topic. I can't remember what the movie was called either. And, like, this guy was obsessed with this rock star. And how did this go? He was obsessed with this, this, I think it was an American rock star who kind of like, like disappeared. Mm -hmm. And he was like, had all of his stuff, had all of his albums, would like listen to his albums for like guidance in life or something like that. And his wife ended up becoming like the pen pal of the rock star Hmm. who then came over to England for, I think it was like a new tour or something like that. And when he, when the guy who was obsessed with the rock star met the rock star, he didn't believe it was him because he didn't live up to this image that he uh, actually had. It was something like <laughs> that. And I think there was like, it ended up being this love triangle. And, yeah. Spoiler anyway. alert. Yeah. I don't. For the name of the movie that we don't know. Oh boy. <laughs> it's not hitting on any cylinders for me. Yeah. This is what happens when we improv our, uh, our, 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 episodes here a little bit that I am not prepared at all to look that up and, and know what movie it is. That's all right. Maybe I'll look it up for... That could be a challenge for the listeners. For Oh, there you go. Go figure out what the movie is and email us. Wait, where? Podcast at industrialathletics.podcast.podcast underscore COVID19silverlinings.com All right, anyway, we are starting to ramble. I hope you guys have received enough information here that you can start to bring awareness in your lives about the assumptions that you are making. Mm. I want to leave you with a bizarro comic. Matt probably has a a quote for you. Um, But you need to look up this bizarro comic. I'm not going to do it any justice. It's just a one square comic, and it's uh, two guys sitting at a table. One guy goes, well, you know what happens when you assume? And the other guy says, no, what? Because he was assuming he knew. Oh. <laughs> so you assume the other person knows every time you ask that question. Yeah. Well, you know what happens when you assume? No, I don't. Are you assuming I know? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> I was actually waiting for the answer too. Yep. Well, you know what the answer typically is. Yeah, but this is if if we say that, then I think I have to put like a bleep. <laughs> a bleep. Yeah. I I either have to bleep or I have to make it um what it explicit. What explicit. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and end here with a quote. quote. Thanks, Adam. Do you want to try to say it at the same time? Sure, even though I'm not looking at your screen, let's do it. (laughs) All right, so the quote is actually by Albert Einstein. Einstein. Very good. And the quote is, Assumptions are made, and and most assumptions are wrong. Very good, Adam. (laughs) All right, end quote, guys. Thank you for listening. We will be back, hopefully in a shorter amount of time with another episode. As always, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you guys soon. Mask up. (laughs) Peace. (laughs)